for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to yet another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, as we dive into the 10th-ranked Cleveland Browns today as we dive into this top 10, man. It's like, I mean, I've been mentioning as we keep rolling along, it's kind of sad that we're coming towards the end of the power ranking segment. But by the time we're done this football season, week one will be right on the doorstep. So hype for that. Um, we have had some debate, a uh, little debate among the last few teams that we have here. Uh, but we're going to leave it up to you guys in uh, on the Instagram. But I'll leave it to uh, my co-host, Mr. Jaden Kozak, to provide more details. Yeah, so obviously to put these rankings together, to do it throughout the course of the summer, we put these rankings together in like mid-May, late May, somewhere around there. And then they don't change really from because obviously the draft's over, most of free agency's over. And we've like the DeAndre Hopkins case, for instance, uh, we made an adjustment there. We just kind of like did it because we had already done the Titans episode at that point. So we just moved them up the rankings a little bit. Um, but obviously things can happen. You know, we have these guys like Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, they stay free agents throughout the course of the summer until somebody signs them. We also have camp injuries. And that is obviously one of the biggest uh, camp injuries that happened this year. The biggest really was Jalen Ramsey tearing his meniscus. Um, and it seems like he's going to be out for a little bit. And the Dolphins... Obviously, considering they haven't been revealed yet, were in our top 10. And the Jalen Ramsey injury, considering he was one of their biggest additions, certainly affects that ranking. And we moved them around a little bit. Obviously, moved around their secondary ranking, moved around their defensive ranking. But the main thing that's important is their overall ranking, because that's obviously the order that we post them in as well. And we have a little debate. We have a little internal debate here. Uh, amongst the groups uh, or the amongst the members in the group here and we've got it down to two teams and we don't really know who should be higher than who after this injury happened and that's what we're going to leave up to you guys so currently our dilemma is between the Dolphins and the Chargers I'm not going to tell you where they're supposed to be and where they could potentially end up being it's just a matter of who you think is higher we're going to be putting the Instagram poll up um, to add more votes in, but we'd love to hear from the YouTube comments as well. If you feel really strongly one way or the other, even if you don't feel really strongly one way or the other, I would like for you to go vote on both. Um, drop something in the comments saying Dolphins or saying Chargers, maybe even state your case a little bit, get a little debate going. We will try to respond to you, especially if you make a intriguing case. Uh, and then we'll also have that up on the Instagram page as well to try and decide uh, between those two teams, because the ordering of this, we try to put it together, put our opinion, but when we're stuck like this, we'd rather pass it to you guys and have you figured out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a close it's a close draw between the Chargers and the Dolphins right now, but that's why we got our lovely Blitzpod fan base. Um, but as always, uh, we've mentioned it a couple episodes back, like feel free to like, uh, subscribe, uh, follow, uh, like our Instagram posts, listen on Spotify, do all the interaction, and you can't get the kind of interaction anywhere else that you're going to get with us because it's it's just a small team, man. We'll respond to your comments, but you need to comment for us to respond. So, yeah, interact, respond to the poll, but without further ado, let's dive into this 10th-ranked Cleveland Browns as we dive into the last top 10 in our power rankings. But... As always, we got to start with the most important position on the field of play, and that is the quarterback position. And this is probably, without a debate, the most tantalizing, interesting, debatable quarterback spot in the National Football League right now. And it is Deshaun Watson, man. I mean, everybody knows the story. Uh, he seemed like he was destined for greatness for a while. I mean... Coming out of Clemson, he was a high draft pick. Um, goes to Houston, become the franchise guy. Uh, sees great success with DeAndre Hopkins. And then he's looking to get out of Houston. They weren't giving him the money. 
And then he runs into some legal trouble, to say the least, about Deshaun Watson. And despite all that, still gets the biggest contract in NFL history, the most wild contract in NFL history, hands down, um, from the Cleveland Browns with $300 million guaranteed. Um, and he goes out there, he shows up, he's suspended. Um, he gets in there around week 13, 14 last year, I want to say 14. He was an 11-game suspension, and I feel like they had a buy throughout like in within those first 11 weeks so it would have been week 13 because he played six games gotcha gotcha but when he did come back in that week 13 game he was not himself at all uh he was basically middling barely above Jacoby Brissett I mean probably most people would say Jacoby Brissett played better throughout the entire season than Deshaun Watson did last year in his span that he had at the end of the year but what we saw was not Deshaun Watson. It was a shell of what we saw in the past. And you could just chalk that up to, you know, not playing on a football field in basically two years, um, just not being into the field of things, being on a new team, uh, whatever. It was the last, like, however many games of the season, six games of the season. So we can't get on him too bad. But what we saw was truly terrible. And we've got them ranked at the quarterback position at 11. And there's a lot of debate to be had because it's like, if it's the Deshaun Watson we saw last year, then there that 11 spot is not rightful. But because we got guys like Kyler Blown, we got Dak Blown, and I know I've talked a lot about Dak. We've got Matthew Stafford, Geno Smith, Derek Carr. Like, I would probably stop the buck at Matthew Stafford, maybe right now if I'm looking at it. But if Deshaun Watson plays like we know he's capable of playing, he could be a top five quarterback this year. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you said a lot of it. Um, Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback. The last time we saw him play in Houston, uh, put up almost 5,000 yards in that 2020 season. They only won four games because the rest of that roster was terrible. But that's just more of a testament to how good he was to put up 5,000 yards with Will Fuller as his wide receiver one and not a whole lot out. He had no running game to help him. The offensive line was still not very good. You know, he did have Laramie Tunsil there, but it's not even as good as the offensive line is now, which we have as a middling group to begin with. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a special talent, and there was no denying that. Uh, then he, obviously, after a four-win season, when you throw 5,000 yards, that ticks a couple guys off more times than not. Requested trade out of Houston. Uh, then the legal troubles come up. And, you know, at first it almost seemed like it was a way of him getting out of Houston. It's like, oh, my God, they want to wash their hands of this. And credit to Houston. They held firm. They didn't trade him at when he was at his lowest in value. They wait. They get fantastic value. Uh, three first-round picks, which you don't see very – I mean, Russell Wilson only got two. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of a different scenario, uh, only got like – a swap and a second um, and some like additional picks there. But there's been no time in NFL history where a guy technically coming off of a 5,000 yard season uh, and who's what, 26, 27, a quarterback gets traded. Like that doesn't happen. And three first round picks, you know, if you take the legal stuff out of it, that's fair. Now the Browns went on and set a very dangerous precedent with a fully guaranteed contract, all $230 million guaranteed was the highest paid player, was the most guaranteed money. Uh, that almost kind of set the league on fire. Like a lot of owners were pissed off about that, especially with all of the contracts coming up with Lamar, Burrow, Hertz, Herbert, like all those guys were up for contracts. Uh, and a lot of teams didn't like that. And through first the first six games last year, this could be looking like the most Cleveland Browns move in the history of Cleveland Browns moves. And they've got quite a long list. He was really bad last year. His highest game grade was a 70.1. He had multiple games in the 50s. Um, they didn't play. I think they won two of their last six. Um, ultimately, ended up missing the playoffs. They finished 7-10. and 10. And you would not be crazy. And honestly, that like this is nearly a fact that they downgraded last season from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson. Like, as far as... Last season and what they got on the field in Jacoby Brissett's 11 games and Deshaun Watson's six games, they got better play from Jacoby Brissett. Now, long term, you don't expect that to continue. That's why Jacoby Brissett is gone and Deshaun Watson's getting paid $230 million. 11 is a very intriguing ranking because 
we have not seen Deshaun Watson even play at the 11th ranked level for a very long time. It's been two years now. If Deshaun Watson can return to the form that he was in in Houston, I definitely think he puts himself in that top eight with the elite guys in the NFL. If we see more of what we saw last season, A, this Cleveland team isn't where we have them right now. They're not a top 10 team. Their roster is good enough to the point where they'll be able to be competing for a playoff spot late in the season. Um, but they're not there. And Deshaun Watson is honestly probably closer to 20 than he is to 10 with how poorly he played last season. I can't anticipate that happening. You know, yeah. it does feel kind of hard to give the benefit of the doubt to this guy because he's uh, this guy. And douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Look, it's just it's just a really tough conversation to have about him. You know, I liked him as a player. I liked a lot of the skill set that he brung. And honestly, before this all happened, like that was why the the allegations were so shocking was because he'd shown nothing but signs of being a good guy off the field. But obviously, the verdict is completely flipped. And everybody remember, I always think about how Dabo related him to Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not long after that we saw the allegations. And like. Out. Obviously, it's flipped the completely other way, and rightfully so, but it's just like, this This is why this is one of the most intriguing teams in the NFL, is because of him and because of the off-the-field stuff and what he was before and what he was last year. Like, this could go in so many different directions, and it's the Browns. Like, this is the first time that the Browns have playoff expectations Super Bowl hopes like the Browns have not gone into a season probably I mean I guess 20 that year that they beat the Steelers the year after that they came into the season with playoff expectations but outside of that I wouldn't call it hype that's for sure I mean like I mean maybe expectations and it's like kind of expectations yeah, to the point where it's like not we like the Lions a bunch of money this year, into this. but like yeah. the Browns internally the in that organization it's like okay, well, the expectation is we make the playoffs. And that hasn't been the case in Cleveland consistently for a long time. But if Deshaun Watson, especially the way he's getting paid, that is the expectation for the rest of his contract, especially from the front office, the ownership, that they expect him to put this team having playoff expectations and not just playoff hopes. Yeah, for sure. And our like expectations for Deshaun Watson, I mean, they lean towards him being that top five quarterback that we've seen. Because if we all felt that he was leaning towards regression uh, going forward in his career, then they'd be a lot lower than 11. But we've got them ranked pretty high. So we think Deshaun Watson might get back to what he's been doing uh, previously in his career. So we will see. Um, but let's move on to the group of playmakers he's got to work with this season. And you got to start, honestly, I usually start with the wide receiver one. But, I mean, the man on this offense is Mr. Nick Chubb who goes into, I'm pretty sure he's 27, 28 this year. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Um, so kind of leaning towards the end of his prime as a running back. Um, but, I mean, Nick Chubb is a different kind of animal, dude. I mean, he's a beast. He's been one of the best running backs next to Derrick Henry that we've seen in this decade, to be honest. Um, pure runner on the ground doesn't offer much in the receiving game. And that kind of sucks, too, when you get rid of Kareem Hunt, who was kind of the guy that you were relying on in the passing game as of the, out of the backfield. Uh, so you get rid of Kareem Hunt. Uh, you don't really have much of a replacement. Uh, you got Jerome Ford behind him. There's some hype really there. Somebody's got to be this RB, too, because you won't be able to give the amount of work to Nick Chubb that you've been given to both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt these seasons in the past uh, few years. But we'll see how it works out. He's going to be the king on this offense, but he's joined by wide receiver one, Amari Cooper, who's been doing pretty good things in Cleveland, saw some success last year as he got better better quarterback play. Um, but DPJ next to him, Donovan Beeples-Jones, uh, the burner, the deep threat. I've been hyping him, him, him up for a few years now. Uh, Elijah Moore gets traded over from the Jets for a sixth-round pick, fifth-round pick, something like that, and he ends up over in Cleveland this year. I mean, high hopes for him coming out of college. He was a second-round pick out of Ole Miss, and, I mean, he's got the talent. There was a lot of – he really just wasn't given an opportunity. There was a lot of public 
dirty laundry when he was complaining that Zach Wilson wasn't throwing his way. Uh, so hopefully he gets the targets in Cleveland this year. And then you got David Njoku at the tight end position, who's been consistently one of the better tight ends in the league recently. So who are you excited to talk about on this list, man? Yeah, this is this is a fun group and a much improved group from the groups that they've been running out over the past few years. You know, there was a point in time where Baker Mayfield's number one option was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, that was a thing. And you loved that, by the way. And other things that you love is this Browns group, dude. You had them at three, which was, I believe, I mean, obviously far and away the highest amongst us. I had them at eighth. Mitchell and Tyler both had them at 15th. Um, I think... Again, that's where you're definitely waiting the running game a little bit more. Um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is like a borderline wide receiver one, obviously. Um, but this is still a very good group. Like, I think eighth is a very fair ranking for this group of playmakers. You know, Amari Cooper, the Browns, while they may have overpaid for Deshaun Watson, if they would have traded for Amari Cooper a month later, they probably would have had to give up another first-round pick. And if they would have waited on the Amari Cooper trade, they probably wouldn't have been able to trade for Deshaun Watson. And the whole league landscape would have changed because they traded for Amari Cooper. Like there was talks of, well, if we can't pay him, we're going to have to cut him in Dallas. Or if we can't find a trade offer, we're going to have to cut Amari Cooper. The Browns send a fifth round pick over, pay the rest of his contract. I can't remember if they gave him an extension or not. Uh, but they you know, they gave up practically nothing to get Amari Cooper here. Who even It's not like he was bad in Dallas. Like he was still a top 15 wide receiver in Dallas. For sure, they bring him in as a wide receiver one. And then uh, a few weeks later, Devontae Adams gets traded for a first-round pick. Then Tyreek Hill gets traded for a first-round pick. Then A.J. Brown gets traded for a first-round pick. Like, if Amari Cooper gets traded for a little bit later, he probably gets traded for a first-round pick. and Or at least a second. And if those picks are in Dallas, they're not here in Cleveland to make the Deshaun Watson deal. Do you have something on Cooper? I mean, I just want to justify it by... Uh, high yeah, ranking ahead, for this Browns team for sure a little bit. Um, but I, I, when we were talking about Amari Cooper, like I would put him into the same conversation as like, I know he had a good quarterback. I mean, when Dak Prescott was on, he was on for Amari Cooper and he saw great seasons with him. But now like Amari Cooper was probably, he's probably a top 10 wide receiver talent in the NFL still. And I feel like people are starting to semi forget that. You're, a little you're bit. right, but then we do that thing where it's like, all right, let's count them out. And Amari Cooper's probably not there anymore. Do we want like, to play that five real years quick? ago? Like five years Devontae ago, if you Adams. Today's Amari Cooper in? Like, yeah, for sure. But it's just there's so many good receivers in the NFL. Like here, Tyreek, Devontae, JJ, uh, Jamar, Cooper Cup, um, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. I, I did I did Tay, okay. Tyreek, JJ, Jamar, Cup, Diggs. Then we probably drop down a tier. And then it's CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. I'd put Garrett Wilson in there. Um, uh, I'd probably stop you there to already say that Garrett Wilson is better really? than Mark Cooper. Yeah. I'd probably stop you there. He's getting thrown the ball by Mike White. And he put up better numbers than Amari Cooper did last year. Granted, Amari Cooper had Jacoby Brissett for a good part of last year. But, I mean, other, like, DKs that right in that tier. Okay. Um, I see your point. I feel like he's a tier above. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Those are three more guys right there. If you just did those three guys, that's ten. Again. I'd put him a tier above a guy like Terry McLaurin or DJ Moore. Who never had a I'd say he's in the same tier. In the same tier as Terry, I think he's a tier above DJ Moore. I think he's firmly in the Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. That's what I'm saying. I guess Garrett Wilson, and then I'd, I'd honestly think like T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle are probably in that tier. Maybe Jalen Waddle groups himself in, but I just as a wide what if Deshaun Watson plays like a top five quarterback? I mean, if oh, we're talking about that kind produce, of season, sure. then Amari Cooper could go for like 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns this year, and nobody would really be 14 touchdowns might be crazy because he's obviously not a big red zone guy, and he's not a big speed guy. Uh, but 1,200 yards, 100% in the realm of possibility. Uh, he puts up, I think, close to 1,100 yards. He had, he had 1,109 last season. So, you know, hey, maybe. But this wide receiver room around him definitely improved. You know, you add Elijah Moore in here as well, which I think was one of the best additions of this offseason to get him for, I believe it was a, 
Uh, Elijah Moore in a Six, third. Seven. For, no, it was Elijah Moore in a oh. third for a second. So you move okay. back about 30 spots uh, and you get Elijah Moore. I think that's fantastic. Like this was a guy yeah. that, you know, when he had even below average quarterback play, had a really nice stretch to end his rookie season. Comes in last year, has some problems with the quarterback play. Also moves down a peg in the wide receiver room behind uh, Garrett Wilson and doesn't produce as well. He was getting, you know, DNPs or just wasn't getting targeted in some games. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty good here. Like, I feel very good about Elijah Moore. I think he was one of the biggest sleepers in fantasy. Um, The way he's getting drafted, I think, should be much higher in an offense like this that even though they're going to run the ball a little bit, I think they're going to start leaning a little bit more pass-happy now that they do have a Deshaun Watson-level player. Um, And we'll see what level that actually is. But I definitely think they're going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones here as well. I think he just is a guy um, who is also like a guy, but in a much better way. Cedric just Tillman. a guy? Dude, Dude come just on, a stop, guy. Stop. DBJ is He's wide receiver three guy. here. I would not be surprised if Cedric Tillman has his job by the end. And I wouldn't be surprised and either because Cedric Tillman's been hyped up a Cedric lot. Cedric Tillman has been hyped up a lot. Randy Moss said he is the best receiver to come out of the draft in 15 years. Wow. Randy Moss. One, one or two all-time in wide receiver rankings. Said he's the best receiver to come out in 15 years. And he was, what, wide receiver nine that got picked in this draft. So maybe the Browns got one here. You know, I like Cedric Tillman coming out. I think that he's a different skill set that they have. He's an ex-receiver. He had spent some time injured, and I think that's why he dropped a little bit. Uh, but I think they got one here. Uh and I definitely think he could be taking over Donovan Peoples-Jones' spot. And if you do have one in Cedric Tillman, that brings this group up even higher because you now have three legit wide receivers to go along with Nick Chubb, who's a dominant runner, and David Njoku, who's firmly in that, like, okay, you're a good tight end tier that's, like, from guys, like, 6 through 15 of, like, you you could rank them any way you want to and – Nobody's really going to bat an eye. Um, you're going to have weeks where he's playing up at six. You're going to have weeks where he's playing up at 15, at least for fantasy purposes. You're just hoping David Ojoku scores a touchdown. Like That's kind of the state of the tight end position at this point. But overall, I think eighth is very fair for this group. This is going to be a very interesting group to watch, uh, mostly because of the quarterback situation. But even independent of that, I think that will help Deshaun Watson along a lot more. Yeah. And, I mean, if we haven't like made it clear enough, like if – this receiving game goes to absolute like peril and it's just bad, then Nick Chubb is still the guy. Like he's going to be the main guy on this offense. And that's hands down. It's going to be run first. And if you run first with Nick Chubb as your run first guy, then point blank, you're in a great position. And then you add all these playmakers in the wide receiver group to that equation, plus David Njoku, who you just gave a lot of money to. So I think this is I, – I can justify a top five ranking as the playmakers for this group. But also could see where you guys uh, have them at eight because you don't think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be a Hall of Famer, which is beyond me, you know. Of course. Uh, I did look at his receiving grade from last year over the did. entire I saw, stretch. I saw you clicking as soon as I started talking. 67.7 is not oh, yeah. a future Hall of Famer, but he's got plenty of road to go. You know how it is. But. And now we're going to transition to our offensive line rankings. We've got this group coming in at third overall. And Walter, for your sake, I'm going to hand it over to our great and intelligent offensive line analyst, Mr. Jaden Kozak. And I'll shut my mouth. I'm a little frightened there. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a third-ranked group for a reason. They've been one of the best offensive lines in the NFL for a long time. Uh, you've got two or three guys that on any given season could make an all-pro team. Uh, Joel Bitonio coming off back-to-back all-pro seasons. Wyatt Teller has a Pro Bowl selection, maybe two to his name, something around there. And then Jack Conklin, you know, offensive line play does kind of vary a little bit. Uh, you, If you get a good season out of Jack Conklin, he could definitely be in a Pro Bowl conversation. You got Jedrick Wills here who started hot. Uh, started hotter than some of the tackles in his class. That was a very big tackle class with Tristan Wirfs, him, Andrew Thomas, another guy that I'm forgetting. Um, oh, Austin Jackson. He's definitely in front of Austin Jackson. Um, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
solid player. You know, he just kind of is here. He might be the weak point on this offensive line at this point. You know, Ethan Pochich definitely stepped in. You know, J.C. Treader was a Pro Bowl level center. I was very surprised when they let him go, and I was even more surprised that nobody picked him up. Um, and Ethan Pochich comes right in here and is immediately plays like one of the better centers in the NFL. That was one of the biggest surprises from last season and really helped prop this group up among all offensive linemen. Ethan Postage ranks 16th. Uh, and, and again, that's all five positions on the offensive line. Um, very, very good last season. I believe he's only behind uh, Jason Kelsey and Creed Humphrey among centers. So props to him for doing that out of almost nowhere. Hopefully they can keep that up, but this is the strength. You know, this is why Nick Chubb is so good. And I mean, obviously Nick Chubb doesn't need an offensive line to be good. I know that, but like, it that's what makes, that's what makes the it, Cleveland running game so good. It helps that this offensive that, line has been a top five group for yeah. five years. And so like, if good. Nick Chubb's running behind, uh, like one of the bottom 10 offensive lines, I don't think we're talking about him as glowingly as we do, but he has been, he's been able to produce because of it. And like this is the strongest point of this team. This is the top three offensive line in the NFL. And one of the main reasons why you feel good about Cleveland and even the quarterback situation, you know, yeah, Sean was Watson say. was running for his life in Houston all the time. He's got this stability at offensive line and he's going to be a little bit less frantic and maybe helps him settle in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It's good for a uh, uh, second year quarterback in a new system to come in against this offensive line. And, and really, as really we... year one, because like he learned the playbook last year, wasn't really able to, you know, he got those six games in. Um, but I, I think that honestly is going to help Cleveland come out of the gates firing a little bit because those are six games in a new like new scheme that a lot of teams when they have a first game back type situation they don't have i know it was a year ago and everybody else played those six games but like we're kind of taking this as deshaun watson's first season in cleveland and when a guy comes into a new scheme usually takes a couple games and they got those couple games in so if this is truly his first year i think they could you know be coming out of the gates a little bit hotter than people anticipate yeah for sure i mean this has been the staple of this team for many years now and they will continue as we move into 2023 uh but let's move on to this front seven group uh which we've also got ranked pretty high as a consensus uh, among the blitz pod members we've got them at 10th and you start on the ends uh you got miles garrett man who was uh he's been a he's been a monster dude i mean Defensive player of the year type guy. I mean, whenever you're talking about that, you're talking about one of the best players in the National Football League, period. So, I mean, Miles Garrett, he's a difference maker. And he lines up against, uh, or not lines up against, but on the other side, you've got Sedarius Smith, uh, who they brought in on a free agent contract this season. Um, so, spent some time in Minnesota last year. Didn't really pan out too much, uh, but he heads to... Cleveland this year and then you got Shelby Harris at the defensive tackle spot a veteran in this league um D, D Tomlinson what's his first name yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson bang got it uh but then you got J.O.K. Joseph Awoshu Jeremiah yes but you got J.O.K. who's been one of the best younger linebackers these past few seasons so gotta love that he's been a PFF darling that's for sure um and then yeah, man, I mean, I feel pretty good about this group having them at 10, dude. They've got some names, and they got Miles Garrett. So, if you got Miles Garrett, you belong at 10. I mean, it's kind of the Aaron Donald fallacy, but this team's a lot better built around Miles Garrett. So, what do you see for this front seven this year? Yeah, I mean, one of the main things that was a problem last year was how bad their run defense was. And it was really a Miles Garrett versus everybody else situation here in Cleveland and that was why the defense was performing so poorly they were four they were uh fourth to last so 29th uh in run defense grade last season and like I said, it was really Miles Garrett versus everybody else and they go out and they put a lot of resources into improving this group they go get Zadarius Smith alongside Miles Garrett after letting Jadavian Clowney go um, was a very surprising but very good move. You know, I talked uh, yesterday or however many days ago it was about Mike Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence being the top edge duo in the NFL. Miles Garrett and Darius Smith are right there. They're like 
it's pro like I said, it's uh, the Cowboys duo, this duo, and then Highsmith and Watt in Pittsburgh. Like those are your top three uh, for sure. Zadarius Smith wasn't up to the standard that we expect from him last year, but I think that, you know, now being alongside of Miles Garrett, I think he can maybe pull his career back together a little bit. You also had Dalvin Tomlinson, who is one of the better run defending uh, defensive tackles in the NFL. Not going to give you a whole lot in the pass rushing department, but is going to stuff the run, which is what you're bringing him in here to do. Same thing with Shelby Harris. Like, that's what you're bringing him in here to do. Was a late signing happened just a few days ago. You know, I texted Mitchell and I was like, should we move the Browns? Uh, front seven up a little bit with the Shelby Harris signing because this is Darius Smith signing was also a little bit later in the process. I couldn't remember the exact timing of it, but you know, I would not be surprised at all if this group outperforms 10. Uh, you talked about the linebackers a little bit. Uh, JOK had a really nice rookie year, took a little bit of a step back last year, but you know, a lot of these positions, you know, I feel like I say this with almost every position, there's a lot of variance that can be involved. You know, last season he had a grade as low as like 19 in a game. And then he had a grade in like the top, the high night or the mid nineties. So you going to see some lumps from him, uh, but definitely something you feel good about. You don't feel like the linebacker position is a problem. You also have Anthony Walker here who in just a hundred snaps last year, graded out in the low eighties, which something you got to be excited about ends up missing the rest of the season. But if you can get him back with JOK playing at that level, you have a really nice pair of linebackers there to go along with this front four that in an ideal scenario, especially with, you know, you got two really good pass rushers on each end. Miles Garrett, I said, you know, I threw it on a quote graphic that Michael Parsons is the best defensive player in football. A lot of people are going to make arguments that Miles Garrett's the best defensive player in football. And that's fine. Like I definitely hear you. It's not my opinion, but Certainly, there's an argument to be made, um, and you put him alongside as a Darius Smith and the rest of this group, man, you got to feel really good about what you got here with this front seven. Yeah, for sure. Just looking at the uh, the PFF numbers here, I mean, Miles Garrett, no surprise among uh, edge defenders, comes in with the number one defensive grade, 92.5, 93.5 pass rush grade, and then Zadarius Smith, like... He may have taken a few steps back, but he still comes in 13th overall among edge defenders last year um, among with the defensive grade, and then an 85.4 pass rush grade, so even better there. So, Zadarius Smith, he's lost a few steps, uh, but he's still going to be a difference maker on this team for sure. And uh, Actually, you mentioned... Well, okay, so he was, he was hurt in 2021. He only right. played 18 snaps for Green Bay. Yep. Uh, but he was actually an 82 last year, which was much better than the 76.7 he had in 2020. But in 2019, he was at a 90.2. Just didn't feel like he put together as good of a season. But I mean, he had 10 pressures on or 10 sacks on 78 pressures. Like those are very good numbers. Uh, like if that's what you're, especially if that's what you're getting out of your edge two. Like maybe this is the best edge duo in the NFL. Who knows? We'll see this season. But you know, if he's not getting double teamed, which he was. I'd say for parts of last season, um, and he probably was in Green Bay because that was when it was still mostly Preston Smith getting a lot of snaps on the other side of him. He's definitely not going to be the primary concern. He's not even tied for the primary concern like he has been in years past. Uh, he could eat this year. Like, Look out for Zadarius Smith. He's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year because he's not even the best defender on his team, not even the best defender on this defensive line. But no. would not be surprised if he has another 10 or 12 sack season. But he can really help Miles Garrett move towards a defensive player of the year because if you can't double team Miles Garrett because you have to worry about Zadarius Smith on the other side, you know, that helps Miles Garrett carry a lot this year. Uh, but front seven, I mean, top 10 group, as we were saying. So overall, feeling really good about this Cleveland Browns group so far. And it kind of starts to fall off as we move into this secondary group. Uh, which we have ranked at 19th among 32 teams. Uh, Got to start with Denzel Ward, uh, high draft pick. Um, he's been, I mean, would you call Denzel Ward disappointing so far in his career? He's had points in time. Like, obviously, he yeah. burst onto the scene in his rookie year, played really well. And it's just kind of been middling. Like, last year was definitely the worst year of his career. PFF grade, he ranks out 88th out of 118 corners. Uh, definitely not what you want to see. I I don't know. I've always liked Denzel Ward. 
but we're to the point now where like he's definitely not a star corner. Like the top ten list, he's being left off pretty easily, and nobody's making a debate about it anymore. Like, I'd throw him into he's a better a lot. He's better than um, Carlton Davis, but I would put him into that same kind of. Yeah, he's probably in that relative tier at this point. But like we've said a hundred times, you know, cornerback is a very like up and down position. You know, we Xavier Howard has pretty much carried his entire career off of that, I believe, 2020 campaign. He put like nine picks together. He was really bad the last two years, but they were like, oh, Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, top two corners. You know, that's the best cornerback duo in the NFL um, when it's, you know, Xavier Howard. They're like. 40 other guys that have been better than him since that season. Um, and who knows, maybe Denzel Ward comes out and puts out like a 85 grade season this year. Like that would not be the most surprising thing to happen with this Cleveland Browns team for sure. Uh, but you're not super excited about him anymore. Like you're just kind of hoping. Uh, Greg Newsom in the slot. I feel like he requested a trade this offseason and it just kind of like got swept under the rug. I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, not really entirely sure why. Uh, but Martin Emerson on the perimeter uh, has was very good in his rookie season. Uh, what was I believe a third or fourth round pick. Uh, so if you can get that level of play from him again, you'd be pretty excited. And then the safeties here, you do have former, I want to say first round pick, but I think it was an early second round pick for Grant Delpit. Yep. Early second. Um, yeah, early second for Grant Delpit. So he hasn't really panned out as well either. Uh, coming out of, he was on that loaded LSU team uh, that won the championship in 2020. Hasn't really became that guy for them that they hoped. And then Juan Thornhill, just an average safety at this point in his career. Uh, we do have this group at 19th. Are going to be helped out by that front seven like we talked about, but is the lowest group of players here. And I mean... It's technically a weakness because every group has been top 11 right. so far. Um, but you could do a lot worse than what they've got here in Cleveland. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, as you mentioned, and we've been talking about it all summer so far, like the cornerback position is so streaky. And I mean, it would surprise nobody if Denzel Ward goes out there and has one of the best seasons among quarterbacks or cornerbacks this season. Like it wouldn't surprise any of us. And I think Grant Delpit, like, he's still got some time left. Like, just a little bit. He's probably he's got this year to prove it. I was about to say, this is, he was a 2020 draft pick, and he was if he was a second rounder, then he doesn't have the fifth-year option. This is his contract year. So if you're going to see it from Grant Delpit, you're going to see it now. Like, that's when yep. it's going to happen, especially with this team getting the most publicity that they've gotten in a very long time. If Grant Delpit's good, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, he was at one point, I mean, it's kind of similar to the Sam Howell conversation and like he was one of the best prospects in that draft a year before the draft. And then as we got closer, it was clear that he was second round pick. Uh, But I mean, he could have been drafted at first. Nobody would have been surprised, but he's got a lot of potential. So we'll see what the secondary can do if they have some better seasons from some of their uh, younger guys but let's move on from this secondary and let's dive into the coaching for the Cleveland Browns in 2023 and this is the lowest group of them all so far among Cleveland's uh, rankings we've got them coming in at 21st and they're headed up by Kevin Stefanski and despite leading this team to the playoffs with Baker Mayfield and doing that whole rigmarole. Like he's probably another guy, like we talked about Mike McCarthy, another guy who's got a serious hot seat this season. I mean, would you disagree? I mean, yeah, like Cleveland, not that expectations, this isn't like the Steelers or the Patriots or something like that, where the expectation is to win at all times. Not that they've had a whole lot of coaching turnover over the last 20 years, but um, I think that this roster is good enough to the point where you would have hoped for more than one playoff win and more than one playoff appearance throughout this point in Stefanski's tenure. I know that there's been some very weird things happening, like Baker Mayfield's shoulder getting destroyed and then the Watson thing where you don't have him for two-thirds of the season. Uh, fair or unfair, his job's going to be on the line this year. Like, he probably needs to put this team in the playoffs to hold on to his job. And I don't even know if that's going to be good enough here. Like you haven't been, 
I mean, he won the first playoff game for them in God knows how long uh, a few years ago. But other than that, you don't really have a whole lot to point at in Kevin Stefanski's Cleveland Browns resume that would say this guy gets the, deserves the benefit of the doubt. And that's kind of why you're worried about this team is because Kevin Stefanski hasn't earned that benefit of the doubt. And if things go south with Sean Watson, it's not like, oh, well, at least they have an elite level coach. You don't have that here. I think 21st is very fair for them. Uh, one of the main problems with this team last year was the defensive coordinator in Joe Woods was a disaster. Tried to run that Fangio scheme to a fault to the point where, you know, you, you can't run it every play. And, that's what a lot of these, you know, him, Ed Donatel, uh, Joe Barry in Green Bay. Obviously, Joe Barry still has his job for some reason, but Cleveland, props to them for letting him go, realizing, okay, this was a mistake. We need to let him go, uh, and we can't run this. That we're going to bring in Jim Schwartz here, who's had has head coaching experience, one of the better defensive coordinators that was available on the market. Very glad to see that they brought him in here. Uh, DC and Philly kind yeah, of was, it built them DC up. DC and Philly or. Was the what did he have it before? He definitely had it, it before was, Gannon, but was he working mm -hmm. for them oh, last yeah. year? I don't think so. No, was Jim Schwartz wasn't. But I don't. Uh, I think he was out of football. Honestly, I'll look into it. But you continue. Yeah, and then Alex Van Pelt here, you know, is kind of one of those like he is the offensive coordinator in title. He's not calling the plays here. That's going to be Stefanski's job. But like I said, you're gonna need at least a playoff appearance, if not a playoff win uh, for them to hold on to uh, Stefanski for this season. And in this AFC, like if you, again, if you can count, we're now into the top 10. Two teams are from the NFC, which means that eight teams are from the AFC. And, you know, we have them at 10th and technically they would be missing the playoffs through our rankings because they would be the eighth best team in the AFC. So it's going to be really tough to see. And technically they would be missing the playoffs by two spots because Jacksonville, who we had as the highest team from the AFC South was revealed at 13th. So they're also got to be put in there as well. So you're as crazy. You know, we have this team as a top 10 team, but they're going to need some serious luck to get in the playoffs as crazy as that is to say. Yeah. You mentioned Jim Schwartz. I uh, did some diving into the Wikipedia page of Mr. Schwartz here. And uh, as I mentioned, he did uh, coach up that Eagles defense to a championship quality level, um, got them to a Super Bowl. And then he was with the Titans two years ago as a senior defensive assistant. And then he was out of football last year. Gotcha. So, okay. But Jim Schwartz, I mean, he was a longtime head coach in uh, Detroit, and I mean, he's got experience, so gotta love him coming in and hopefully revamping this defense after the shit show from Woods last year. But let's move on from the coaching and let's dive into this schedule for the Cleveland Browns in 2023. Uh, straight the schedule sits at 26th, and I mean, it passes the colorful test. I think it's not too daunting. It's not too Honestly, rainbow -ish, I, I don't, don't think. See, and uh, Okay. The cat's out of the bag here. I make the schedule. These colors are not implemented on purpose. I put, <laughs> I put the colors in. When you have a team like this. Whoa, whoa. Shh. I, I know. Like, the beans. There should be two purples there for the Ravens, but you can't. You couldn't see the numbers if I put the purple there. <laughs> and these, okay. are, these are the important things. However... Still a very colorful schedule. Like, there are some colorful changes that I can make, but, like, other than the Ravens being gold versus purple, these are a lot of the same colors that I use for these teams more often than not. And that's fair. That's rough. Like, this is this is colorful. I've, you got every color here except for purple. Um, you, you I got, think it's the orange that's accents. throwing me off. Yeah, and it's you got the orange. Some, you got some. You got it's double like orange. the orange mixing with the, the background makes it. Yeah. Less daunting, but when you look at the teams, yeah, in but orange, like if it was like blue, you play the if it was like navy one. blue on the other side, then it looks more colorful in comparison. Okay, that's fair. Respect, but those orange teams are not easy. You got the Bengals twice this year, and you got the gold team and the Ravens twice this year. Um, you got the Jags. You got to play the Rams. You got to play the Titans. You got to play the Niners. Like, and there Chiefs, you got to remember that's a they, tough stretch to start too. They, Bengals, they Steelers, Titans. I mean, Steelers, Titans. Uh, they'll probably they're they're favored in those games. But nah, you got the Steelers on the Ravens. Road. Steelers, Steelers are favored on the at home. 
Okay. I mean, they also had a great track record. Especially because Cleveland's in all likelihood. I mean, we could also be coming off, both teams probably coming off a loss. Uh, We get San Francisco in week one. They get Cincinnati. Got to imagine those are losses for both teams uh, in all likelihood, or at least they're going to be favored. Not going to be favored in those two games. And I I don't know. I think Steelers are favored at home. We don't need to spend 35 seconds on week two. No, we don't. Their over-under is nine and a half in Vegas right now. Um, dude, ah, honestly, I'll take the field in the AFC North. Uh, and, and I think that they'll beat out the Browns for the, it like, when I was doing my rankings, I bought into the idea. I sold myself on the idea that Deshaun Watson was going to be that guy this year. And just as we're getting closer to week one, I don't feel like the hype's there, man. Like, I know, like, I'm thirsty for, like, a training camp clip that's like, oh, my God, he's showing shades. Like, I've seen cl- I've seen things on Twitter that say there's shades of Russell Wilson, but there's no shades Thanks. of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is bad when you're reporting that, but you can't do the same thing for Deshaun Watson. Like, it's not – the biggest highlight that they had was him walking out of the facility – and throwing it into a net 10 feet away as he was headed to lunch. And it was like, dude, like, this is not the kind of hype you want around our 10th-ranked team, you know? So I think I'm going to take the field in the division, and I'll go the under on 9.5 wins, man, despite 26th strength schedule. Yeah, I mean, again, this is really tough. We just talked about the AFC, so we've got eight AFC teams remaining only six of them are going to make the playoffs. There's a world where they go over at, and get 10 wins and they don't make the playoffs. Uh, even with the 26th ranked schedule, they finished last in the division last year, so they get all the last place teams, not to mention they get the AFC South um, to make their schedule even easier like the rest of the AFC North. But the last place teams in these divisions last year are in the AFC East and the AFC West are Denver and New York. Both teams that you could certainly make an argument that got better. And I would say almost certainly they are not the worst two teams in their division that they're going to be playing. So you aren't getting that usual favor uh, in that regard. I'm not, I'm probably going under here as well. Uh, and that just, sucks, dude. We shouldn't be doing that at the 10th team. We, yeah, I was like, going to say that just to say that our 10th ranked team is only going to win nine games. With the like, 26th ranked schedule, like that's crazy. But, but there's just it is so the much to worry about. It is the Browns. Something's going to happen. Like something mm-hmm. stupid is going to happen with this team. Even with all the stuff that they've done, you know, I talked lonely about the front seven. That was one of the best like unit revampings that happened throughout this entire offseason. And that was probably their biggest problem spot last year too, is that unit, they completely flipped it on its head. They've got it in the top 10 now where, you know, if, you, if we did rankings midseason, they're bottom six or seven. So... Like, they're probably right next to the Rams where they were with the fact that they've got Aaron Donald, the uh, Browns have Miles Garrett. But, yeah, I still think I'm going to go under even with everything that we've said positively about them so far. It's just kind of hard to see them getting there in this conference. Yeah, and I mean, it's the vibes are so bad. Like like we, we talked about it leading off the episode. These are expectations. It's not hype. Like, it's not excitement for this Browns team. It's more like, if you don't do yeah, it's like well you this better. year... You better. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you don't do well this year, there's going to be some serious problems in that front office. There's going to have to be a serious revamping, and the mistakes that were made will be very clear. Uh, but it'll be fun to watch as we uh, roll along in the season. But let's start to wrap this up with the ranking slide for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we got them at 10 overall, Blitzpod consensus. Um, but the offense comes in at 12th. Uh, defense comes in at 11th. And their championship window, we've got it as opening one year away. And, yeah, I could, I probably, like, it, this is a tough one, man. This it's is weird. a tough one. It's extremely weird because, you know, we had Dallas as open. And we had Seattle as cracked open uh, because those are the third and fourth best teams in our by our rankings in the NFC. This is the eighth best team in the AFC. Like, again, 
two teams that we have in the top 10 are going to miss the playoffs. It's just mathematically, that's, or technically it could be more, but at least two teams that we have in our top 10 are going to miss the playoffs. So by our math, Cleveland will be one of those teams. So it's kind of hard to be in a championship window if you miss the playoffs. And to say that I can expect this team, I, I can't see them winning the division. I definitely can't see them getting a one seed to the point where they'd only have to play three games. I can't see this team winning four games in a row to be in a Super Bowl winning position. I can't see them, like, their path could be something like Bills, Bengals, Chiefs on their way to a Super Bowl. Like, they'd have to beat those teams three weeks in a row. I can't, I cannot see that happening. Like, even if all goes right here, if Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback, I don't know if they can do that. That's the only way that that happens. That, that's okay. The only and that's fair. Way. And that's why the timeline is so weird. It's because, like, well, if Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback, they might be in it now. But, you know, this roster is very good right now. If Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback and proves that this year, then I, yes, I definitely think this time next year, when we do this again next year, they are in their championship window. Like they have an maybe, opportunity here. Maybe what it comes down to, bro, I really don't think Stefanski can win a Super Bowl. Straight up. I don't I see think that's him. Fair. I think that's fair. And that's why, Lombardi that's why it was tough to put the Cowboys window as open because I don't, I mean, granted, Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, props to him, but. At this point, it's kind of hard to see that happening, especially without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Um, I just can't see the roster as currently constructed as good as it is and the questions at quarterback. I can't confidently say that their championship window is open. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not going to find any disagreements here. It's such a weird team to try and evaluate because, like, if things did go right last year, like if Deshaun Watson had a nice stretch to end the Even season. had, like, a... Okay, this is a league average stretch. He was bad. Like, he was, like... Terrible. Those six weeks were, like, bottom eight quarterback play. Like, you... Again, if you rode with Jacoby Brissett, who's currently the backup for one of the worst quarterback rooms in the NFL... Sorry. Um, if you rode with Jacoby Brissett, they may have been in the playoffs. They'd be in a better spot last year, and they would have gotten better quarterback play than the guy that they're paying $46 million guaranteed a year. And... Like, if you could just walk out of the season and not say that, like, if he would have just been a little bit better than Jacoby Brissett, who was good last year, but, you know, you're never expecting that to continue. If he was just a little bit better than Jacoby Brissett last year, I think we're talking about this team maybe a couple days from now. We're talking about them maybe at least a single-digit number in the overall rankings. And their championship window is definitely is open. open. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's a tough team to try and rank, but we got them coming in at 10 overall. Which means we've got nine teams left, man. We posted the uh, the graphic just less than a day ago now, oh um, trying to guess the rest of the teams. But uh, have fun trying to do that. I was, about to say, I was very meticulous in not putting together any patterns or anything that could have potentially uh, signaled one way or the other. So Hell yeah. there is there is no rhyme or reason to where anyone is placed. There you go. We'll drop uh, your predictions uh, for the rest of the list in the comment section on our post on Instagram. Uh, but until our next episode, we will catch you later. Peace out.